people don't understand the behemoth that Amazon is. Amazon, from a retail perspective, I think can fail. You know, there's definitely the opportunity for that. Amazon as a company cannot fail. Welcome back to Retail Oriented. Uh, if you missed part one uh, of this conversation with Emily Bratton, our VP of Digital, maybe go back and take a look at that or listen to this one or watch this one first and then go back and take a look at it. But there is some really good information there that ties these concepts together um, around brick and mortar and e-commerce. So you're probably gonna go back and, and take a look at that. Um, but if you're here for the first time, my name's Mike Fowler. I am the VP of Sales Strategy here at Sales Factory, and I'm with VP of Digital, um, which is also e-commerce, <laughs> Emily Bratton. So thanks for being here, Emily. What are all the things that Amazon represents to us? Because I don't think the average consumer has a real clear understanding of what is everything that, that's Amazon that's yeah. touching my life, right? So can you expound on that a little? Yeah, well, and I think, you know, that's like the great segue off of, you know, Amazon versus Walmart is we just talked about retail. Sure. And a lot of people don't think about all of the other things that Amazon has. Uh, so I actually made a list so that I didn't miss anything, you know, because, um, but this actually goes back to uh, maybe over five years ago. Um, there was a Gizmodo article, so for all the nerds out there, uh, <laughs> where this person, uh, she tried to avoid the big four, the big five, so like Facebook, Google, but Amazon was on her list. And so she has this whole long article about trying to avoid Amazon in her life. And basically her conclusion is it's impossible. And, you know, I think like that's the, people don't understand the behemoth that Amazon is. Now, some of these things on this list, they've now purchased since even that article was written. So now it's yeah. even more unavoidable. And this list will change between now, now when we're filming and when you listen to this, maybe even six months from now. Yes, right? <laughs> a thousand percent. Um, so if, you know, we think about Amazon in our lives, uh, let's start with the Kindle, right? We already talked about Amazon started as a bookstore. Yep. So of course they have a book reader. Um, that Amazon Echo. So all of those listening devices in your world that you say, hey, Alexa, right? Yep. All those, hey, Alexa devices. Uh, ring cameras. So, you know, if we all just got an alert on our phone that there's a stranger on our porch, uh, Amazon <laughs> probably sent that to us. Uh, if you're a gamer, Amazon owns Twitch. So, you know, massive uh, streaming platform. Uh, don't forget Amazon owns Whole Foods, so an entire grocery retailer yep. uh, that we kind of didn't talk about when we were talking about Amazon <laughs> versus Walmart because yeah. we think of Whole Foods as its own kind of brand. Uh, Audible. And, and on that, Amazon has done a, a commendable job of yes. keeping Whole Foods Whole Foods, right? Oh, like, yeah. Like you felt almost no shift other than you scan your Prime app and get a further discount on their sale things right but yes. you don't feel that it's different and they've done a great job of keeping their brick and mortar retail what it was intended to be so well and you know i kind of talked about the amazon bookstore that is not really a thing anymore when amazon pivoted from that what did they pivot they bought an actual brick and mortar retailer instead of trying yeah. to invent one so right. uh definitely like a smart move that they have one foot in brick and mortar with the, the rest of their many feet in kind of all of these other things. Sure. Um, so Audible. So anytime, you know, you're kind of listening to even podcasts like this. Uh, Prime Video. And let's not forget, along with Prime Video, Thursday Night Football. So Amazon bought the rights to Thursday Night Football. Yep. Uh, so if you're watching Thursday Night Football, you're engaging in an Amazon activity. <laughs> 
uh, Freevee, they actually just started um, like a TV competitor yep. uh, platform. IMDb. So anytime we want to go and look up, what is that actor in that one yeah. thing? <laughs> uh, that's Amazon. And then Zappos. So, you know, I think uh, maybe Zappos isn't as big of a deal as it used to be. But uh, I actually think Amazon saw a competitor in Zappos because uh, Zappos is known for the best online customer service experience like in America. You know, they won like every award, whatever that was, like a yeah. decade ago. Yeah. And, you know, that's Amazon, like their founding pillar uh, is customer service. Yeah. So I think in Zappos, they actually saw a threat. And instead of, you know, trying to compete with the threat, they just brought them along for the ride. Yeah. And Zappos, um, you know, a decade ago, before Prime was such an, an intricate part of our lives, they were two days shipping on a pair of vans. Like I remember that back mm -hmm. in the day, I was like, how are they getting me these shoes so fast? It's, yeah. in, it's incredible. And so they were, they were early days with the like really quick, um, response times on supply chain and shipping. So it's, it's interesting. That well, and if you think of Amazon, you know, started as books and has now become a behemoth, you yeah. know, that's where the risk was, right? Sure. Zappos is only shoes, but shoes turns into clothes, turns yeah. into, you know, who knows everything. Yeah. So, uh, and then the last big one that, uh, you know, we would be remiss to forget about <laughs> because it is the most avoidable of all of them is AWS unavoidable of totally all of them <laughs> unavoidable yeah. so um this is not just the us's largest cloud provider this is the world's mm -hmm. largest cloud provider for you know web hosting dns cdns um i mean aws uh is as complicated and as intricate as you want it to be right it is a behemoth all of uh, uh, by itself, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and it's actually where Amazon makes most of their profit from, is actually from AWS. It's not from the retail side of their business. So I yeah. think a lot of people would be surprised by that. Um, I think it would probably be impossible to understand just how big AWS is and how many websites you go to that are powered by AWS. Uh, but just as kind of a starting point to understand the scale I mean, we're talking about well over 20 million different IP addresses around the world. Uh, so if we were to try to avoid Amazon, not only would we not be able to watch Prime Video, you know, no Jack Ryan for us, Sure. we would also not be able to watch Netflix. Yep. So, you know, while they're competitors, Netflix actually runs off of AWS servers. That's going to so, surprise some people out there that they're like, what? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So... No entertainment for us, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, broadcast television only right. is basically or where we're going. Or something. Um, most of your news sites, so all of the major ones, you know, uh, CNN, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, all AWS, uh, even Slack. So uh, at Sales Factory, we don't use Slack, but how many yeah. companies use Slack as kind of their internal communications platform? Slack runs off AWS. So uh, think of all the companies that wouldn't function without, you know, AWS. So I think it's uh, it's really hard to articulate just how humongous AWS is. Uh, and it's not just web hosting and web servers and that kind of stuff. It's also like business intelligence and um, that that's a whole other side of their business. Uh, data lakes and kind of all of this stuff. Uh, so AWS is 
a humongous piece of the overall pie. Um, I wrote down uh, they did $17 billion in revenue from AWS last year. <laughs> so uh, that's, you know, I make that every day. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that starts to get us. Yeah. <laughs> that starts to get us to, you know, I, people start to ask, like, can Amazon fail? Yeah. Amazon, from a retail perspective, I think can fail. You know, there's definitely the opportunity for that. Amazon as a company cannot fail because way too many people depend on AWS to either run their business or run their e-commerce platforms or run their technology, whatever it is. So, yeah, you heard it here first. Amazon can't fail. Yeah. yeah there's too much reliant on it. Um, let's talk a little bit about um profitability and where all those profit streams are coming from. So we talked about just how big and we've started to establish just how big Amazon truly is, which I think is going to be enlightening for some folks. I think most average consumers out there have no idea that they are interacting with Amazon when they turn Netflix on their smart TV, right? You are interacting with Amazon at that time. Um, so, so let's talk about where are their profit centers? Where are they making money? Because, you know, traditionally we would think of a e-commerce or a brick and mortar retailer making money off the goods that they're selling, but mm -hmm. that may not always be the case. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Well, you know, I think where I'll start is actually, um, we talked about 1P versus 3P. So a uh, reminder that 1P is Amazon as the retailer. Yep. Uh, and I mentioned in that, that Amazon controls price. So you actually give up control of price uh, when you enter into that 1P relationship with Amazon. Now there are things manufacturers can try to do, you know, not accept POs that are below math and things like that. Yep. But at the end of the day, Amazon can, you know, play whatever games they want to play. Uh, and they will. So if Walmart has a lower price, they will eat into their own profits in order to sell that product to the consumer. So price matching, races to the bottom, you know, that's those are the kinds of things that Amazon is known for. It's why plenty of manufacturers we talk to, they're like, no, 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 we can't go on Amazon, yeah. right? Because they're afraid of this race sure. to the bottom, price erosion, kind of all of these things. Uh, inherently, when we talk about price erosion, Amazon is giving up profit. So, you know, we need to not forget that, you know, that's the flip side of price erosion, but they are willing to do that just to be the winners uh, mm -hmm. because as Amazon wins, they become, you know, a more integral part of our life. We depend on them more. And then one day in the future, you know, maybe price erosion doesn't matter quite as much. Yeah. Uh, the other lever in that is Prime. So we've talked a lot about it, that they've taught us two-day shipping, all of these things. Uh, and Prime is actually a revenue center of itself, right? They just increased the price. Most people didn't even know that they did it. <laughs> or didn't um, care. <laughs> didn't care. Uh, I've heard plenty of stories from friends where uh, husband and wife both had Prime memberships and didn't even know it, right? It's just like <laughs> money we throw away every year because yeah. you have to be a Prime member. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mention it in kind of my background, but... Uh, Jed uh, teaches at Wake Forest and I will teach, you know, kind of an e-commerce day. And the question I always start with is I ask people to raise their hand. How many people have access to a Prime membership? And, you know, these are 17 year olds or whatever they are. And everyone raises their hand. Right. Yeah. And then I say, leave your hand up if you 
purchased your Prime membership, they all kind of put their hand down, yeah. right? Because <laughs> they're using their parents sure. or whatever. Yeah. Um, so Prime last year was $25 billion just in on its own, uh, which actually in this class, we will actually show the market cap of all the retailers and then just show Prime. And it's like Prime is a top 100 company all by its yeah. on its own or uh, something like that, you know. Um, but there's a downside to Prime. So what do you get with Prime? Free shipping. Someone has to pay for the yeah. shipping, <laughs> right? It, it's not just like magically comes out of thin air. Right. Uh, and then, you know, I also talked about, you know, Amazon increasing their physical footprint with distribution centers and all that. There's a ton of capital expenditure happening uh, in order for Amazon to kind of increase their network. So I looked it up. They today own around 70 planes. Planes are not cheap. Planes are not cheap to operate, right? So uh, there are a lot of expenditures that go into Amazon winning, uh, so much so that if you were to like really look at their balance sheet, and I am not a CFO, uh, but uh, they lose money on retail. Uh, they just have to. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, that's probably where advertising came from. Advertising was the attempt to make up some of the ground or the revenue that they were losing from some of these other things. Uh, so uh, I wrote it down. They almost did $40 billion last year in ad revenue. So that's a, a lot of money to attempt to make up for kind of these losses that they're taking in order to be the winner. Um, now, AWS certainly helps all of this. Mm. So AWS is highly profitable. Sure. The cost, uh, yes, there there is capital cost that goes into, you know, actually having data centers and things like that. Uh, but the, the cost is not nearly as high as the cost on the retail side of the business. So sure. overall, Amazon, wildly profitable. But if you were to just look at retail as a microcosm, uh, it would probably not be a profitable business. Yeah. Yeah. It, thinking about AWS versus shipping a keychain in a day and in a day, right? They, they can't be the same <laughs> levels of, yeah. of profitability. Well, and we just talked about, you know, what's a behavior they're teaching us buying onesie two twosies, right? Yeah. That's, uh, it's in from a manufacturer perspective, you want to ship bundles because you sure. can give your customer a better price because shipping costs so much money yeah. and shipping costs so much just by the space it takes up. So, um, you know, we work for a water company. They sell empty five gallon bottles. If you buy just one and they ship it to you, it costs like $39 if, or $31. If you buy two, it costs $39. <laughs> Somehow it's only $8 more for two and it's because of the shipping, right? right. So if you think about this behavior of I just buy a keychain or a flashlight or whatever, uh, Amazon a thousand percent is losing money on sending that to your house and getting it on your front doorstep, yep. especially if you're not bundling those carts together. That's yep. where they can start to make up the ground is if you build a cart sure. of you know eight items and they can put it all in one box or whatever. Yeah. But it's so valuable to them to have that control over the consumer's decision and their and how they're finding and interacting with brands. It's it's worth it to them, right? Or they've established that it's that it's worth it to lose it. Yes, um, a thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. So I, I want to talk. I want. I've got kind of a two part question here, but I want to start with because Amazon is 
so big and they've got kind of, and I don't want to describe this in like a negative way, but they've got kind of tentacles in every aspect of our life. And I think we kind of as consumers are beginning to understand just how much control they have over our lives and our decisions. What do, what do they do best? Like what is, what is at the core of Amazon's business today? Are they a retailer? Are they, do they host all the websites that we um, are on every single day? Like where is, where is their core competency or do they even have one? Are they just so big that they've got multiples? So from your, this is just opinion. We didn't talk about this question <laughs> ahead of time. Like, what do you think that they do best today? Cause it'll change tomorrow. Yeah. So I think if you go back to Bezos, like there's this really famous interview of him like in the eighties where he's just like the most important thing is the customer. Yeah. Um, I actually think that that's what they do best. I think you could kind of ladder it up to that, whether the customer is a business or the customer is a consumer. Yep. Um, if you think about, so manufacturers find Amazon so difficult to work with because of this fact mm -hmm. that they always will put the customer first. So, you know, returns are super easy on Amazon. That is super not great for manufacturers, right? <laughs> returns is the most annoying thing from a manufacturer perspective, but Amazon's like, nope, it has to be easy. Um, and then if you think about on the business technology side of things, if the customer is a business and they have like a real challenge with their technology, the AWS teams will help engineer a solution for you. Now it may cost a lot, but, but they will help you do it. Um, I, you know, I have been on calls with AWS before and uh, really the sky is the limit. You know, mm. if you put a challenge, a technology challenge in front of them, they will problem solve to a solution. And I think that's kind of why AWS has become central to so much of the technology world. Um, so I guess that's probably what I would ladder it up to. Yeah. Um, and that's really the standard they have to continue to hold themselves to. Um, and unfortunately for manufacturers, I think they will continue to do so. Yeah. So. Well, you know, we talk a lot at the sales factory about understanding the consumer. Right. We beat that drum to death because it is so important. Right. And you've just illustrated for Amazon why that is established this behemoth of a business. Focus on what their needs are, help them to solve them and you will win in the long run. It may be painful at times, mm -hmm. but if you can solve a consumer's problem the way they expect it to be solved, um, then you're going to win. So it, it makes sense even as a manufacturer or another retailer to be paying attention to how do your consumers consume and, and be there to solve their problems and make it frictionless for them. Right. Yeah, totally. So Emily, we've talked about just how much Amazon is integrated into every aspect of our life, whether it's buying the, the keychain that we've talked about or a flashlight or getting on the internet, checking the news, watching Netflix, they're in everything. Um, we've talked about how they win by serving the consumer. How do they, or where do they have risk in their business? And they may not have risk in every aspect of their business. We've talked about they are too big to fail in some aspects, but where, where do they have risks in their business? Yeah, so I can kind of think of two risks that I see, you know, for Amazon. So let's start just, you know, with retail. Um, to me, the risk is actually the marketplace. So uh, if we think about third-party sellers, we haven't necessarily talked about it. And it, they are the bane of a lot of our manufacturer clients, you know, 
in that they make very similar goods at much lower costs. This concept of Chinese factories selling direct on Amazon is becoming mm. more and more commonplace. And in a lot of instances, it may be the exact same product just without the manufacturer brand on it, right? Mm. Uh, plenty of our goods are made in China um, and we just you know, are putting a brand on it. And if the factory can sell it direct, then they can undercut you with price and mm. kind of all of these things. Um, the marketplace is where I see the most risk. So as a consumer, I trust retailers and why I trust them, or this is at least my opinion, uh, is kind of what we talked about, the curation. Um, you know, I trust that uh, they put Tide and Gain on the shelf because Tide and Gain are the two best laundry detergents, right? Mm -hmm. I am trusting their ability to pick the best products for me. So again, solving the end user's problem, right? Retailers kind of do this for us and they have curated that for a long time. And that's kind of where consumer confidence in retailers comes from. Uh, but if you think about the marketplace, uh, one of the advantages is more assortment, more choice. But one of the disadvantages is the possibility of eroding that consumer trust. Mm. So if I pick, you know, some laundry detergent that's no name, but is half the price of Tide and it breaks my washing machine or something, I have no <laughs> idea, or it doesn't wash my clothes or yeah. whatever it is, I'm all of a sudden going to say, huh, well, why was Amazon selling that? Right. So I think that there is kind of a major risk um, with these cheap, um, lower grade quality uh, goods that are just competing on price. Um, but, you know, over time, that could definitely pose a problem for Amazon, yeah. uh, especially when you combine it with, you know, there is still a problem of fake reviews on Amazon. Uh, and that's, you know. I suppose the invention of reviews was to fight against this, right? That's the re the Amazon's attempt to say, okay, well, we're not telling you what the best product is, but everyone else is telling you what the best product is. Well, with fake reviews, <laughs> I may think it's the best product, but it's actually not, right? So, you know, Amazon to me, they really have to get control of that. They have to understand how fake reviews are happening and they have to create a system uh, where you can truly understand how good a product is. Yeah, I think that's super important because we've we've talked about and I've talked about on this podcast and other content that we've put out that that trust is the number one economic driver in the world in humans. Trust is how you make decisions for things that you're going to purchase. And we may think that that's not the case, like because, oh, that's, there's no penalty for Amazon. I can just buy it and return it. But that is eroding trust just a little bit every single time that you have to go to Whole Foods and return like a box of five things that none of them worked out. Right. Mm -hmm. So that becomes annoying over time. Um, so it's important to to remember just how important that consumer trust is and making sure that you're you're keeping that. So Amazon's got some risk there. Um, yeah. You mentioned too, was there something else you wanted to hit on? Yeah. So the second uh, is actually the behemoth. I think that's the risk. So, uh, you know, we see this starting to play out in Europe. Uh, Amazon mm -hmm. is kind of at the center of a lot of potential regulations and uh, penalties and these kinds of things. Um, to me, that's one of their major risks is trying to stay together. So they're there is becoming increasing support for breaking apart these different pieces of mm. Amazon. 
So if you were to take AWS and make it its own company with its own board, its own shares, you know, that is actually a risk for the retail business because we just talked about it kind of keeps Amazon yeah. <laughs> afloat in some ways. Um, but even on the retail side, you know, this the concept of fair competition starts to be at risk. So as they started to go into Amazon Basics, there was a feeling that they were utilizing uh, sales analytics from existing products to understand where there was opportunity to undercut manufacturer brands mm -hmm. with an Amazon basic uh, product. Mm -hmm. Now, we just talked about we trust retailers. That's also why we trust private label, because the retailer's name is actually on the product. Uh, if they were truly using sales analytics of other manufacturers in order to make their decisions, that would be a major issue uh, yeah. in the United States of America. So that would not be a fair business practice. Yep. Um, so I definitely think that's where Amazon starts to run into some roadblocks is just how big they are. Yeah. Uh, if you can start to prove that they are limiting competition by their acquisitions and kind of all of these things, um, then there starts to be an argument that you have to somehow break them apart in order to reestablish competition. Yeah. In the consumer's mind, do you see that as kind of this battle, um, especially I'm thinking kind of of American consumers, because um, that's what I am and that's the easiest for me to, to <laughs> reconcile. But I, I think it kind of comes down to this battle of convenience versus control. Right. Like you want the, the ease and the convenience of all the ways that Amazon is is benefiting your life. But Americans do not like to be controlled by anything. Right. Whether it's government or, you know, any facet of their life. And that that doesn't that's not partisan that, that most Americans don't like to be controlled. And yeah. so do you see that kind of as just this fine balancing act that Amazon's got to get right all the time? Yeah, I definitely think so. Well, and I think they will just lose some consumers because of it, right? It's just like, uh, you know, plenty of people our age have abandoned Facebook because they felt like Facebook was trying to control their lives or maybe their kids' lives mm. in some places. Sure. And they have abandoned those platforms because of this feeling like, I can't get away from Facebook because they bought Instagram and all this stuff, right? Like meta is a behemoth in and of itself kind of situation. Um, and you know, maybe that's okay. Like maybe it's okay to lose some consumers over that. Um, but I definitely think Amazon probably does a better job than Facebook of trying to bob oh, and weave sure. and pivot. And yeah. um, part of that probably is the customer first mentality that, you know, we still have a very high level of trust in Amazon. Uh, the same level of trust, if not higher than our brick and mortar retailers. Yeah. So you know, it may take time for that to start to erode. Um, but I also don't think you hear about it a lot. And that could pose a potential issue, yeah. you know, for Amazon. So um, the last, you know, presidential election cycle, I think we started to hear about it. Elizabeth mm. Warren was yep. kind of, you know, very anti-Amazon, very anti-humongous corporations. Yep. As we come to another one, you know, it just depends on, what's the environment, what's important uh, to Americans at that time. But if it becomes a narrative again, probably increases the risk. So, yeah. Well, you have left us with a lot to think about in terms of 
all of retailers and consumers, but specifically Amazon and how they are interacting with our with our lives today. Um, how important do you think it is for manufacturers out there and and a lot of our clients to partner with the right folks to kind of help understand these channels and navigate all of this? Do you think it's like it's got to be done? Do you think it's best done in-house, third party? Do you have to have experts at every single facet of Amazon's business? Or how does that work best, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good question. It probably depends on the size of the company. I definitely think, you know, uh, larger manufacturers are kind of considering the center of excellence uh, because so this kind of delves into, I guess, a th totally different subject. But uh, e-commerce kind of lives somewhere between marketing and sales. Mm. And, you know, that's just a historic problem that I think at Sales Factory, we feel like we bridge that gap. Yeah. Um, you know, we're sitting here. I'm on the marketing side. You're on the sales side. Here we are. So we're the bridge, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and e-commerce and retail media like perfectly find themselves in the middle of this. So, you know, in the world of manufacturers, sales and marketing, if you're small, probably the same person actually. Yeah. And then as you grow, those centers become farther and farther apart from each other, right? Mm -hmm. So you build a marketing team and you build a sales team and they get separated and separated. E-commerce is now forcing those things maybe not to come back together, but there's this concept of a center of excellence that sits in the middle of them mm -hmm. that understands sales and understands marketing to help both of those teams utilize e-commerce to its full potential. Yep. So I think just depending on your size, that center of excellence, it may be an internal team of specialists that you hire. And I definitely think that that's a viable approach. But if you're smaller, maybe you can't necessarily afford to do that and maybe uh, an agency uh, is that center of excellence for you, that they yeah. can start to sit in between kind of those two areas. Uh, I do think, you know, for manufacturers, long gone is the day where you could avoid Amazon. Um, kind of, we didn't necessarily talk about it today, uh, but we think about Google as the search engine, right? But how much did we just say, well, if I just needed a flashlight, I don't go to Google to understand what flashlight to buy. Sure. I go to Amazon to understand what flashlight to buy. So when we think about search engines, you know, don't forget that if I'm in the shopping mentality, I'm probably starting on Amazon. Uh, and that's why we already said uh, visibility and being in stock, are, that's the most important thing to sell your product. Yeah. So if you're not visible on Amazon, then you, know, you start to have a problem. So uh, to me, Amazon is unavoidable. Uh, it's just you know, figuring out exactly uh, how to, to use it to your advantage. Yeah. Uh, Emily, I never let any guest escape the hot seat without a couple like rapid fire questions. So I'm going to ask you a couple quick ones. I just want this to be your gut reaction, whatever first pops into your head. Just let it fly. All right. Yeah. At least I don't have to eat hot wings. Yeah. No hot wings. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, so first question, how many Amazon reviews do you read before you make a purchase? Hmm. Probably at least four one-star reviews and one five-star. <laughs> you want to know what the what the issues are? Yes. I think that's incredible because that's a lot of consumer behavior, at yeah. least a party of two because I do the same <laughs> thing. Um, all right. Do you just subscribe and save for anything? Uh, I actually do only one thing. 
Uh, I used to have the little buttons, you know, that yeah. you like you could do bounty or something like that. And then the price got so high that I, we would go to Walmart. Uh, the <laughs> well. only thing that we subscribe and save on is dog food because of convenience. So, you mm. know, it weighs like 50 pounds. And unfortunately, the mailman is who puts it on my doorstep, not me. So uh, that's the only thing that uh, in our household we subscribe and save to. I have got the biggest challenge with getting the right cadence on subscribe and save yes. in any facet of e-commerce. Multiple I, I, times we have had to supplement dog food because, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, the dogs will starve. So it's not like, you know, paper towels and we yeah. can go find a towel. This is uh, sustenance for the dogs. So. Yeah, I either wake <laughs> up in the morning and I don't have coffee, like there's no coffee in the entire house or I have 80 bags yes. of coffee. I'm like, what, who's going to do anything with all this? So, all right. Subscribe and save, figure it out, get your cadences right. Yeah. Um, all right. If you could have any one piece of advice to give to listeners, to consumers and manufacturers, because remember they're, they're the same people. Um, if you could give them one piece of advice to get established in the e-commerce world and on marketplace, what would it be? Wow. One piece of advice. Uh, maybe the piece of advice is there's not just one piece of advice yeah. <laughs> that will make it work. I, uh, you know, hopefully listeners can understand from today how complicated kind of the world of e-commerce is. Yep. Uh, even just Amazon uh, is extraordinarily complicated with, you know, 1P, 3P, FBA, FBM, right? Uh, sponsored product, sponsored brand, sponsored display, Amazon DSP, OTT. Like we could go on and on, yeah. you know, we basically need like a glossary over here to understand uh, so maybe that's the single piece of advice is that there's not one piece of advice that's going to kind of make it happen on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, it's just way too complicated of a web to, you know, kind of do it uh, in a easy, simple way. Sure. So. Yeah. There is too much going on out there to just give one piece of advice. I would say probably if you're thinking about this marketplace or any other they're all doing a pretty good job of thinking about the consumer, right? Yeah. And so if you if you keep that in mind, understand the retailer, the e-commerce, if, if you understand their goals, you can better align yourself with them. So keep in mind the consumer and you're probably starting in a pretty good place. But there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to have to do yes. in addition to that. Yeah, totally. Okay. So Emily, you talked about sales and marketing and, and those two to groups within a lot of manufacturers and a lot of organizations kind of separating. But it sounds to me like it's really important for all the groups within a manufacturer to be working really closely together to know what each, each other are doing, but also to be playing off of each other mm -hmm. to, to really get this equation right, not only for Amazon, but because Amazon is influencing consumer behavior for all the retailers, all the places that you're making a decision to purchase a product, right? Yeah. Totally. thousand percent. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It has been a really enjoyable conversation. You've opened up a lot of doors and a lot of thought channels for us. We're probably going to have to have a subsequent pod just to talk about Learn Shop <laughs> Buy and some other things that we've, that we've hinted at today, but not really gotten into deeply. So look forward to that one. Again, just want to say thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So there you have it. Another really interesting conversation around all things retail uh, at home. We want to hear from you guys. So if you have topics or people that you want us to talk to, please leave a comment, 
hit me in the email, mike.fowler at salesfactory.com. And remember to like, subscribe, hit the bell icon um, to make sure that you're getting all the great retail content that we're putting out there because there has been a lot of it and there's going to be a lot more. We look forward to hearing from you. And remember, when you're thinking about all things retail, it's all about selling in and selling through.